Welcome to the Sleep Talking series, where we have honest conversations with parents and professionals about their babies and children's sleep. Sleep is such a hugely important part of our lives for our health, little ones' development, and our all-round well-being and happiness. When babies come along, our sleep is temporarily disrupted, but too many people let this deprivation continue on for many months or years, when in fact it could be much better, much sooner. Let's hear from those who know. Here we go with this episode of Sleep Talking. I'm so excited today to be joined by the amazing Lucy Piper. Lucy and I first met at the baby show. Um, Lucy is a mum of two and she's been fortunate enough to have presented at that show for 16 years. So she has a wealth of knowledge on the subject of pregnancy, labour and becoming a mum. She loves all things baby and has lots of empathy and admiration for all new mums. And Lucy just is so passionate about the world of of babies and anything that she can do that is is helpful. She loves that world. So we really, really connect, uh, Lucy and I. And as a mum of two, she has Phoebe, who is, I cannot believe it, 14 now, and Charlie, who is 10, um, similar age to my son as well. So hey, Lucy, thanks for being here. Hello, Lucy, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. So good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. So first up, I've got to ask you, how, how are you all sleeping at the moment in your household? Oh, um, very well, actually. Probably too well. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely the lockdown. You sort of in your little bubble here and there's been no um, set times to be anywhere which of course has been really nice. Although yeah. saying that, my, my youngest, Charlie, he did have to be online for registration in the mornings at 8.30. So mm. <laughs> with the homeschooling. So perhaps that was actually quite a good thing because we did all have to get up and get going. Although he did keep the camera off a couple of times and sit there <laughs> in his pajamas. <laughs> my son did the same a couple of times he'd be finishing up like a bacon roll or something and have the camera off yeah um, it's yeah. funny he had the same thing how did you find all of that with the homeschooling um I I think the same as a lot of us out there I was my heart was in my mouth for that first couple of weeks I think a lot Me of us too. were thinking how are we going to do this I think mm. uh, yeah without really not until I stepped out the door for our <laughs> daily walk did I think gosh I'm uptight you know my 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 yeah. shoulders were up around my ears and my my breathing was shallow you know I thought gosh I didn't yeah. realize I was as stressed as I was I think I put a lot of pressure on myself that mm. Charlie had to be and Phoebe although Phoebe's um my 14 year old and she's been fabulous and can sort of take control of her own learning and has been really brilliant whereas Charlie needs a bit more of a hand and actually he he had a whole new world learning teams is how he was um was being taught and this was all new to him and me where Phoebe mm. was on Google Classroom which she was already used to um but it didn't take long you know yeah. a week or so into it I think for a lot of us we kind of thought let's just do what we can do let's mm. not try and do every subject if it's not working for us um mm. it was quite nice to see how charlie learned and where he was with it all and that's been quite an insight mm. so yeah it, it wasn't either for, for as all of us same as all of us it, it 
wasn't easy and I couldn't get anything else done. It no. literally was chained to the kitchen table trying to help him through. But um, he has gone back this week just for a week in his little yeah. bubble. Yeah. He's gone back to school this week. So um, mm. just to catch up with the teachers and his friends. No, it's good. It's really good. I, I was the same that, for that pressure. And actually just before the end of the Easter break, thinking I've got to start homeschooling my children tomorrow. I remember feeling so tense and so worried about, like you said, fitting everything in. Um, yeah. It's not a, a situation we, we'd signed up to voluntarily. And so trying to suddenly then go, hang on, this is life's going to take a different shape for a while those daily walks though I did that as well I mean I think so many people started walking and bike riding um that's I think so good for the mental well-being yeah I want to keep doing it actually it's something yeah probably my one of my favorite bits out of it all was all just getting our shoes on and going out either for a short walk or a long walk and actually no one had a screen and you could just sort of go Mm. how you doing and have a bit of a chat and we didn't, yeah. well, we weren't, certainly as a family, weren't walking daily like that before. So um, no. I quite enjoyed that bit. And I'd like to keep doing that, maybe not daily, but do more of that as a family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. And I think our, um, our children's bike skills got <laughs> improved. And um, yeah. it's, um, it's actually, it's really nice that you say connective time and you're just totally present, not distracted by technology. Um, yeah. and being together yeah I think um, I'm hoping that's something that people do keep going with and, and find the value in that actually benefit I know and I realized the importance for the children because uh, Charlie would say to me why have we got to walk again and I was saying <laughs> well it's just as important as eating and sleeping fresh air and yeah. once he got that into his sort of mindset it was sort of mm. something that was a routine as opposed to but where are we going what are we doing he obviously liked mm. it when we went up to the woods and stuff that was a bit more interesting skimming yeah. stones and running about a bit more but um but no that, that's something we definitely um wouldn't wouldn't have done before lockdown yeah. but that's been nice I think the children as well, when you think how much outside time they have in the school day, and mm. if you're at home and your parents are trying to juggle work as well, it, it's so easy not to accommodate that. So we have to take that sort of intentional walk or what have you to make yeah. sure they are getting that outside time. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and the weather was kind to us as well, wasn't it? I mean, oh, we've had the odd bit of spells of bad weather, but <clears throat> on the whole, particularly mm. at the beginning the skies were blue and the sun came out and it was just like wow and yeah. um, it's been quite warm we've had the even though my children a bit big for a paddling pool we still got one out because it got so hot and yeah, I've enjoyed you know, the garden we seem to have really enjoyed our garden there's like an extra room this year the garden's been really important um, yeah. so yeah we've spent a lot of time out there as well so so yeah that's mm. been nice there's definitely been some positives obviously terrible so awful what's happened for many people a really Mm. really terrible time um and I just you know I think you had to hang on to the we're okay we're safe we're well Mm. um Mm. because you know you read on the news and things and it was a terrible time Mm. yeah absolutely and I think everybody I doubt there's anybody on this planet that hasn't been impacted in some way be it in a big way or a small way it's um it's certainly a huge Mm. occurrence that I think um but but if you can take the learnings from it the positives from it 
um, that's all we can do, isn't it? We can't yeah. dwell on or let these things you know, take us down a further spiral, but to go, well, okay, I now know this and I've seen this and, and move yeah. forward. Um, Definitely. With the best learnings we can, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We, um, we noticed um, a, a spike, actually, an increase of people with older children. So typically we hear from baby, you know, parents of babies and toddlers, preschoolers, um, with behavioural sleep challenges. And that's, that's the norm for what we do. But we had a lot of older children where they, you know, school age, where they were sleeping fine, but they were struggling to go to sleep and struggling to stay asleep. So waking in the night and just being wide awake. Um, which we we believe is down to a sort of a passive stress, um, increased screen time, um, tensions that are around them, even if they're quite happy, but they're picking up on it. Um, bedtime's creeping later because of those light mm, days. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah and, definitely. And not, like you said, even though they might have to be up and on on the Google Classroom at, at eight thirty, they're not having to be up and out out of the door. So a bit more I guess we've all probably been a bit more relaxed with bedtime yeah. um but yeah have you did you notice any difference at all with yours or, or did yeah oh for definite bedtime has definitely creeped later um mm. having a teenager they they <laughs> well my daughter <laughs> she's a bit of a night owl and what's yeah. quite nice when they're tiny is you do get an evening as much as it's full on in the day you yeah. know you, you to, at a certain stage you do get a little bedtime routine and you can go downstairs and have your dinner and a glass of wine and the evening is yours but that disappears as they get older they're up with you they're in the lounge yeah. they're around the house you know um <clears throat> so definitely my my eldest um is not one for going to bed early um yeah. even though we try um and yes charlie was the same and he 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 they're quite different with their sleep he definitely um needs more sleep phoebe will sleep on in the mornings so that's the older one she'll sleep on mm. so if she goes to bed late she can sleep on whereas charlie is still doing that whole still wakes up quite early so you don't sort of do that whole yeah. you can have a late night but you'll lay in because he's up um, anyway. so, yeah. yeah, and I also have a thing with Charlie, always have done ever since he was tiny, of the sort of window of opportunity for sleep. And if I miss that window, even now, he gets mm. like the insomnia, you know, he gets the, I can't fall asleep and he comes down the stairs and you're thinking, goodness, it's getting late. Why are you still mm. awake? And I've almost mm. missed that window. Even now, his awake yeah. time is like 14 hours or something. And then I, he needs to go to sleep or others who struggle to sleep. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so going back to school this week, you know, I've had to be a bit stricter about right, come along now in bed. Um, because mm. you know, he is up and out. He's got to be at school quarter past eight this week. So but mm. definitely he's shattered because he's he's having that sort of stimulation all day now and live classes and seeing his friends and he's having a really great time, but he is tired. Um yeah. so yeah. I've tried to pull that routine back and I've tried to sort of be more like but then I need to bring dinner earlier because I was getting very relaxed and <laughs> dinner was getting later so bath was getting later and bed was getting later you know and all this stuff so I've yeah. tried to sort of pull it back um because they definitely it will affect yeah um nightmares and things like that not so much Phoebe mm. but Charlie still will have have mm. dreams and things he's he's um enjoyed a bit of Harry Potter this long oh, and that's got his imagination going and um, which is really good he's loved it and i and it's in such good films but 
he goes to bed with the mind whizzing. So, um, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. definitely been, but, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, sleep is, is certainly very important on the whole mood of the house the next day. It is, it is. It sounds like Charlie is similar to my son, actually. He sounds like the quite alert type, sensitive to the t timings and things like that, because what you described there with, um, you know, having a daughter that can, okay, we have a slightly later night, that's okay, she makes up the hours in the morning, she'll, you know, she'll add them on mm -hmm. um, and be okay. My daughter's the same, um, even though she's the younger sibling, but she's, she does that too. But my son, just like Charlie, will... Um, if he you know regardless of when bedtime is if it's an early night a later night perfectly timed night the wake up time tends to still be the same and it, it's yeah. um they're so sensitive to that um i speak to lots of families with younger ones and toddlers where they really struggle because no matter what they do that wake up time is there and some some kiddos are just wired to only be able to do so much at night um, yeah. and, and little ones, obviously, then they rely on that daytime sleep to top it up. Um, not at our children's ages, but they, you know, when they're younger. Um, mm -hmm. Which is just the spark of the question. Did you, did you find when they, were, when they were little, when they were tiny, did you find it very different around sleep between them? Was one... You know, yeah, completely Wow, mm. yeah. I mean, I think I'm a bit like you, Lucy. You've talked about this at the baby show. I became yeah. obsessed with sleep <laughs> when I became a mum because I, I sort of had in my head a plan of, of what I was going to do. I mean, we're going back 14 years ago and there was a particular book I had um, for Phoebe and I thought, right, I'm in charge, I'm the mum, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I had a very big shock that that's not the case and these, <laughs> these little babies are their own personalities and yeah. learn your baby and what they need don't follow a strict routine because you only lead to anxiety and worry mm. and you don't enjoy those early days so um phoebe actually uh the the first one phoebe mm. was actually a, a, a quite an independent little baby and as long as mm. she had her blackout blinds, classical music on, and all the things that she recognised for sleep time. She got into the groove of sleep really very well, and mm. and was quite an independent baby and didn't need a lot of touch and soothing. And she was just that nature. I remember when she was tiny, people used to laugh because they used to come and visit, and she didn't want to be cuddled by everybody. We used to pass no. around on a cushion like a queen <laughs> around on a cushion because she actually would fuss <laughs> if people were. And Charlie was the absolute opposite. He needed that sensory human mm. touch mm. all the time. And, you know, and so I learned very quickly to throw all that routine I had with Phoebe out the window and listen to him and follow. And I ended up with Charlie wearing my baby. He yeah. loved being in the carrier. He loved being close and and was very a very different um, baby and mm. took a long, long time to um, self-soothe and go through the nights and things like that. So mm. I'm a real, now I think you definitely need to be flexible. You definitely yeah. need to listen to your baby and not worry what your friend's doing or, or what mm. the books there should be happening. It's too mm. much pressure and you end up thinking you're doing it wrong, which is yeah. not the case. Um, so yeah, very different children from the word go when it came to sleep, for sure. That's mm. why I've got so much empathy for the 
for the mum that's got a, a little one that does resist sleep and then the mum that's got the little one that will sleep anywhere and very chilled because because that's how it is you can't do anything yeah. about it <laughs> that's the thing they are individual little human beings that have their own personalities and their own character traits and I think when it when you only have one when it's your first um you it's easier to compare you find yourself comparing to those around you but actually mm. they're going to be different and when you have two like you've you know your prime example you've experienced two different children that have different character traits and your parenting style needs to adapt with the child yeah. because the same thing isn't going to work and when you see that within your own family unit I think it becomes more real um, and you're less inclined then to do all that comparative stuff because you know yeah. okay it's going to be different every time every child um, figuring out one child's personality and then trying to figure out a whole new baby's personality yeah. um, and what's going to suit them and um, which is why what we do is very much based and centered around that and it's about you know okay well we've got a little one that's like this so we're going to need to kind of take this route with this child yeah, it's going to be yeah. you know, this way some like to have um a, a good routine and they they thrive on that others need that flexibility a bit more and yeah you're right parent, like you said as a parent you've got to be flexible enough to to move with that um yeah yeah, I think so. I think it, for sure, it's getting to know your your little one and not, I mean, if you're the kind of person that, that does love everything, you know, a bit of order in your life and know what's coming next. I think that's what I find the hardest about motherhood, not mm. being able to control what was going to happen next. Like, this is the plan. I'm going to get in the shower. Then we're going to be in town for coffee with a friend at 10. When you realise that that is not gonna happen and you just relax yeah. a little bit with that and don't put yourself under pressure you, you yeah, do yeah. start to enjoy things because um I was terribly anxious new mum um and I think it was just getting used to the fact that that I can't um be somewhere at a certain time or or, or mm. have a plan a plan because when it didn't happen I thought it was because I was not good enough or I was doing something wrong or mm. you know and then when you you just throw all the plans out the window for a while i think that was the best thing yeah. I could yeah take the pressure off i think yeah. yeah when it's your third attempt to get out the door and there's a you know baby wrapped up in a snowsuit and then the nappy is filled <laughs> and you're like no not again toddler yeah. in the car <laughs> so, yes like you said you know gonna be in town for coffee by 10 yeah three hours later <laughs> yeah yeah um, i agree and i think um I think I've continued this um, philosophy even now that when mine were babies, they're quite close in age. So it was a big juggle for a while when they were small. And for exactly that reason that you're describing, um, I was reluctant to make plans with people. I think yeah. with the first, I signed up to all these baby groups. And I remember there was one day a week where we had to get from one group and then back again and then swimming and then and I thought this is ridiculous oh, I'm yeah. too stressed out this is crazy and so um especially when number two came along I thought let's let's take the pressure off um if people said oh would you like to go to this I would kind of go yeah okay if it's if it's all right to just you know see you when I see you um yeah. I hated sort of hard and fast and firm arrangements because I would just feel terrible if I was late or if I let someone yeah. down so too much thought, pressure you know, isn't it yeah, I thought actually I don't want to commit to that because my baby might one of them might be asleep and yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna enjoy that. So 
um, I, li I, I lifted that pressure and I'm a bit like that now, even as children, we mm. love our days out and the holidays and we love to do things. Um, I, I sometimes get a little anxious about making plans with other people because I just think I quite like to go in our own flow and I do want that yeah. stress. I know and if so one child lays in a bit longer or is, yeah. gets into a game and they don't want, you don't want to have to stop them playing that. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think so. It's uh, We do put ourselves in. And I think perhaps that lockdown has taught us that. We've sort of been yeah. not had to be anywhere at a certain time. And, mm. and it's been nice, hasn't it? It has been nice yeah. slowing down and... You know, actually, the thought of having a busy diary now frightens me a bit because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so used yeah. to it being a little slower and not having any plans and going with the flow. Yeah, definitely. I really do like that. Um, like, especially and ours are a little bit older now, but especially when they're little and knowing that they're not predictable and anything yeah. can happen. Having a bad day, teething, yeah. potty training. Can't go anywhere when they're potty training. You know, there's all the little hurdles you've got to get through for sure. And do you know what? Yeah. Everyone understands, you know, you feel like yeah. they're going to judge me because I haven't managed to do something. And you just think, no, you know, if they're mm. good friends, a good family, you know, they will understand. And at the end yeah. of the day, you've got to look after yourself and your little one. That's the priority. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that is amazing advice. And I think, you know, yourself and, and myself, you know, we're, we're busy women, we work, we, we, looking after children as well and um we have to know how to look after ourselves because otherwise you burn out and you don't do a good job at, at work or Anything, parenting. yeah yeah um, and so yeah it starts it starts with you doesn't it and, and being definitely you can be yeah, I've definitely learned to do that a bit more is to you sort of think if your if your cup is half full, you know, how can you possibly be giving to everybody else? You know, not, not, it's not selfish to go and have a, have a nice bath and listen to a nice podcast or, um, or mm. just go and, and do a bit of, a bit of exercise or something quietly, whatever that might be. It's actually, mm. it's, it's actually really good because you come back to the family or, or what needs to be done and, and you're, and you're ready for it again, aren't you? You're in a better mood and you're, um, yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that for sure. For sure, take so. a bit of time out for you. It's, even when they're tiny, you know, if someone's willing to come over and just watch the baby or whatever, don't feel guilty mm. about that. I think you'll mm. you'll you'll feel better, a bit more like your old self. Yeah, there's too much mum guilt, isn't there? And I think as um, it, culturally, I think we're taught to um, put everyone else before ourselves, especially as as mothers. We we do we put ourselves at the bottom of the pile and. Actually, when you go for that nice long bath and listen to a podcast or um, go for, I, I love going for a run or a walk by myself yeah. just to have that yeah. headspace. You actually, like you said, you'll come back or you'll, you'll finish doing that and you'll feel brighter. You'll feel fulfilled. Um, yeah. you, you know, you, you'll feel better within you, which makes you a nicer person to be around. You'll probably be more yeah. patient, more present. So I think if we almost flip it and go, I might be, you know, I feel like I'm doing this for me. Oh, that I shouldn't do that. Actually, you should because you're ultimately you're doing it for the people around you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely if, right. If you think of it like that, if that helps, <laughs> then I would put it, flip it into that perspective, and it might yeah. help help us to yeah. do these things and not feel so guilty about them because yeah. it's essential. It's really essential. Absolutely, for sure. Mm. Well, before we finish up. I was wondering if you could share with our listeners um, your either the best tips somebody gave you 
um, as a mum, especially when you know with little ones, or just your best learning, something like the thing that you, if you have one thing that you can leave our listeners with um, to encourage them, what would it be? Um, I think um, when it came to the advice for for sleep, um, mm. there was a lovely lady I met called Megan Fora. She was mm. the author of Baby Sense and. It was a bit of a light bulb moment when she told me to watch my baby's awake time rather than mm-hmm. looking at how long they slept for. It was yeah. looking um, at their awake time because to certain ages they can only be awake for a certain amount of time and you don't get into that overtired, overstimulated um, stage. So that was a really good bit of advice. And that really changed things for me because then I would think, oh, They've been awake for this long and it keeps changing as they grow up. You crack it and you think, oh, I've got this. Then they grow up and it changes again. But that really helped to stop that fractious sort of time when, you know, I'd be out somewhere and you think, and then suddenly they're screaming and crying and you'd take ages to settle them and you would end up getting distressed yourself. That was a really good point to watch the baby's awake time rather than, well, they've had three hours sleep, so we're not going to bother letting them sleep now until bedtime. And mm. that, it, that didn't work. So that was a good one. And probably another thing that I found worked for me was um, once a day, I quite liked, um, and Charlie did this, even though he was a very needy baby, he did do this and would go up and have a sleep actually in their cots, just one sleep of the day. Um, yeah. Not all the naps, but just one of them in the day that turns out to sort of be the long lunchtime one when they're bigger. Actually, mm. I used to shape the day around that. And do you know what? I'd come downstairs and I'd put loose swimming on or something like that. And it was lovely. The house would be quiet and they'd be up there having their lovely sleep. So I think um, that was all. I think that one was was um, another good bit of advice, um, letting them go up uh, up to the cot once in the day for for a sleep that that was quite nice and I'd invite friends over to me so I'd be like oh can we see you at one I'd be like oh they're having their sleep but come over to me for lunch and I knew I could sit down with my friend and give her all my attention because I had the little one up having a sleep upstairs so that was that was good advice as well um Yeah, but there's lots of tidbits. I, I, I know we chat about the, the blackout yeah. lines, the grow bag and the classical music. All those things were absolutely key. Um, mm. But, um, yeah, it's a big subject and something that, uh, different for everybody, isn't it? It is, definitely, definitely. And I think, no, I think they're really good, really good tips there, though. And I, absolutely, sometimes it's... Um, it's easy to just think your child's going to tell you when they're tired and sometimes they don't they just don't yeah. show those signs and, one minute and they were fine <laughs> yeah they're screaming yeah, I always I'm use bad. that phrase about having one eye on your child and one eye on the time because you, sometimes they won't show you and you'll have to sort of go yeah. oh, gosh they've been awake this long like you said that wakeful window um I know it's time for a sleep and um practicing one in the cot at least one you know once a day yeah. um it just gives them that that practice as well so they get that's they, true they yeah that was yeah for the night time they you sort of and I used to do exactly the same Lucy I didn't sort of I still would have the blackout blinds the music all the things that I was doing the yeah. only thing I didn't do obviously was bath time but I did yeah. still and actually even when I went to like my mum's or on holiday I did exactly the same blackout blinds yeah throw bag and we used to have to carry this little stereo around with me <laughs> with the cd <laughs> in that they liked um but but i was 
but, but I found that a real key. It was almost yeah. like a little sleep trigger for them. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, I've got to go to sleep now. Right, you have. Whereas if I would be out in the buggy and things like that, who was particularly Charlie, <laughs> there's mm. no way he was going to switch off. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, but it doesn't work for everybody because some people want that complete flexibility and they don't want to have to be at home at a certain time. But it depends mm. what, what works for you and, and if that, yeah and sometimes mm. I found if someone was looking after my little one um you know I'd tell them oh at this time they'll have a sleep and they'd be like yeah put them upstairs went to sleep for two hours you know and, mm. and, it's, and it's nice to be able to pass them over to a grandparent or a carer and, and sort of say what they what they're going to do um yeah. and, and then you know they've had their nice sleep and things like that so um but it does yeah. keep changing you think you've cracked it and then they, they get a little bit older and, and that sleep shifts a bit. So you think, well, what do I do now? They've woken yeah. up at this time. When are they supposed to sleep again? If you go back to watching their awake time, even if it's a quick cat nap in the afternoon for 10 minutes, yeah. um, that will make the difference, won't it? Yeah, it really can make a huge difference and avoid them being, like you said earlier, about being overtired by bedtime because when they're overtired, it's actually hard to fall asleep, which is just, yeah. I think, one of the most backwards things, but it's true. And, and they wake like, early. Yeah. And they actually they wake that. really early because they, they, they've been so exhausted. They've woken really early as well. The early mm. mornings, that's another one you get asked a lot, isn't it, Lucy, about yeah. the early waking. That's it's really common. Cool. And I remember that time when you were sort of, quarter to five five o'clock half past five and you know CBeebies hasn't even started <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like the world's asleep I mean I don't know how I got through you know those couple of years when Charlie was not a good sleeper um, mm. you know working on such little sleep it's made me realize from having children I don't actually need that much sleep I can survive and function on very little sleep <laughs> that's one thing it's taught me <laughs> oh but yeah but not long term though I think we do it for so long don't we but I think yes they get there in the end yes they yeah. will yeah even if you think at the time this is is this it is this always going to be this way it, it it doesn't it does change and it does yeah um move along and they they do get there it's just finding the techniques that work for your children and work for you yeah. and yeah. uh and 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 yeah, do what to definitely do what works for you and getting to know your baby, I think is important. Absolutely. Treat them as individuals, absolutely. Oh, yes. it was really lovely advice and it's so lovely hearing your first hand experience as well and how things have been through the ages and of course working in the, the baby show world and close to close to this whole world and parents and I know you really have a a big empathy and understanding of what that's like and that's yeah. so so lovely to um chat with you today and hear your your story thank you yes I do love my time at the baby show I've chatted to so many different experts over the years and met so many mums I never tire of it I absolutely love it oh we love it too <laughs> keep it up <laughs> oh Lucy thank you so so much it's a pleasure it's been lovely to have you Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We hope you found it insightful and we invite you to connect with us via our website, thesleepnanny.com. Join us for more tips on the Sleep Nanny podcast and look out for another episode of Sleep Talking.